All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Uh, how's how's your week been? What's what's in the news? Uh, there's lots of stuff in the news, although it all kind of seems to be connected. Like, there's a lot of Netflix stuff right now. There's always Netflix stuff. Yeah. Usually it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah. And some of it's quite controversial. I saw something on Funny or Die that they were going to have the a Goofy Movie channel that's just going to stream a Goofy <laughs> Movie 24 hours a day. See, I like the second Goofy Movie more. What really? Was it, what was it called? Extremely goofy movie. An even goofier movie or something? It was called an extremely goofy movie because Max was in the X Games. Oh, yeah. He was like a pro skateboarder. I'm sure I saw it at the time. It was called an extremely goofy movie. I was was more partial to that movie. Okay. Less camping, more extreme sports. Right. (laughs) Which is all you. Exactly. (laughs) Neither one of those things are me. Honestly, (laughs) less camping, more extreme sports. Honestly, like, yeah, no, extreme sports are not very me, but neither is camping, so I'm right. not sure which one I would pick. I guess extreme sports is the lesser of two evils. I definitely you. had more than one tech deck when I was 12 years old. <laughs> sure, so. didn't we all? <laughs> um, so, okay, what what is the Disney thing happening here? Okay, so the big thing is that uh, Disney is backing out of Netflix. So this is especially controversial because like, in the last year, there was a big buy-in. Yeah. And everybody was excited because Disney is one of the premier entertainment companies of all time. Right. And Netflix is starting to clinch that as well. And they're certainly the the the, the motherland of streaming services. Mm-hmm. So that they were together and that you were going to be able to get every Marvel movie, every Star Wars movie, and of course every family movie uh, made by Disney on Netflix was great for everybody. Right. And so now uh, Netflix is losing uh, their rights to all of that stuff starting in 2018 as soon as the contracts end and Disney's departing to start their own strictly Disney streaming service. Right. And they're also doing uh, their own specifically sports streaming streaming service. So Interesting. that is honestly, I think they should put all their stock in that. Somebody needs to yeah. transform the sports industry from live television yep. to live streaming and, and finally cable can go away forever. And I think doesn't Disney own um, ESPN? ESPN? Yes. They do, okay. And ABC owns, or does Disney also own ABC? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, Bill Simmons talks about that all the time. The biggest issue is, like, all these cord cutters are, like, why isn't why isn't Facebook's big thing just trying to stream as many sports as they can? And I think it's kind of becoming that. Well, and I think certain Monday Night Football and baseball, and yeah. maybe even some hockey, exists see, on Twitter of all places. See, it wasn't Monday Night Football. It was Thursday Night Football. Well, and the thing about the Thursday Night Football is it's always the worst games. Okay. Like, people are almost like irate about there being Thursday night football because it's just a waste of a game. Okay, but that's a reasonable place to start. That's right. Yeah. In the transition. That's totally right, considering they can't just spend billions of dollars. And and who's to say that they would even be able to get the contract from ABC? Like ABC or whoever it is, uh, not even ABC, but NBC, I think, isn't yeah. going to give up Monday night football. It has to exist in both places for quite a while, right. unfortunately, and that's probably going to be very expensive. But there has to be a gray area where it exists in both places mm-hmm. so people can make the transition yeah. naturally. Because if, if 
you don't give me sports, I probably don't even really care that much about, you know, I'm, I've got ways to find TV shows. I've sports, got my sources. Sports is the last, is the last uh, bone in the, yeah. in the live television world. And for yeah. everyone else, it's the last puzzle piece. How do I get just sports? Absolutely. Like, and like in the very few instances when I've been actually attracted to a sporting event, sure. I've looked for ways to stream it. Yeah. Um, because there's no way I'm going to have cable. Right. Although I think you can still get like some basic cable, but yeah. not NBA. Right. In Canada. Um, Which is your big sport. That's my big sport. That an extreme sport. That orange ball. That is also skateboarding. <laughs> that orange ball sailing through the air, going into that. When Max does that thing where he goes up the half pipe and then he does a handstand on his <laughs> vertical board. It's just a game changer. <laughs> on his vertical board. It's not extreme, even you might say. Yeah. I wow, thought. that must have been an extremely goofy movie. It was an extremely goofy movie. Wow, man. no silly camper antics from <laughs> Pete, and uh, no uh, instructional song on how to fly fish. No uh, heating up a can of beans on the cigarette lighter from your Jeep. Right, none of that happened. I'm out of goofy movie yeah, references. Me too, <laughs> except for Polly Shore being the uh, cheese eating guy. That was Polly Shore. Yeah, I think so. I can see it. I always thought it was. And then uh, the bus driver during that song saying, I'm going to sit on my butt (laughs) (laughs) after Uh, today. See, now both of those are movies that can exist on Disney's streaming service. Now, the initial reaction is even though it's Disney, Mm -hmm. even with the biggest entertainment company in the world, most powerful, most profitable entertainment company, certainly in the last five years or so. Even then, people are going, there's no way this is going to be successful. There's no way I'm going to subscribe to another streaming service right. when I already have Netflix and it was making me happy before. I'm kind of equating it to Google+. Plus. Right. Google is the biggest company in uh, internet uh, IPOs. It's right. the biggest one, but they missed the mark and they didn't get into social media on time. Mm-hmm. And so it was too late and it was a huge failure for them. Yeah, I kind of think streaming is like that. If If, if Disney wanted to like really stick the landing with streaming, they had to start it three years ago, like HBO. Yeah, but I mean, if you can convince a kid to get, you know, the equivalent of the Disney Channel, but on TV, right? Or, but on the computer, like if the kid wants it, the parents will probably get it. Well, say, whatever, here's it's the five difference. Bucks a month or... Are we going to have access to the entire Disney vault? Right. For eight bucks a month, am I going to be able to watch literally any Disney movie? Yeah. Including Songs of the South, which is objectively racist. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to. Yeah, you just want <laughs> to see the racist Disney movie. Yeah, of course. Of which there's there's probably a couple. There's a few of them, man. The uh, in Dumbo, you know, the crows. Oh Dumbo. yeah, the crows and I mean, they all wear pimp hats. I didn't know. And they yeah. sing about what's fly. I didn't know. I did not know that the cro- that it was Dumbo that the crows were in. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think about. Oh, I mean, we are Siamese, if you please. That's definitely racist sure. too. That's uh, Lady and the Tramp. Yep. Um, trying to think of other examples. I know there are other existing examples. I mean, um, in Finding Nemo, I thought they treated the Dory fish pretty uh, derogatory. Don't, don't you think Dory is a, a celebration of of melted mental illness? <laughs> yeah, of dementia. <laughs> well, she has um, she has some kind of forgetful disorder. I don't think she has dementia. It's <laughs> a brain injury. Yeah, she has a brain injury. That's she right. has she has the forgetful disease. Yeah. Did you see Finding Dory? No, I didn't. That's kind of sweet. It's no Finding Nemo. Right. As you might expect. But people still loved it. People, uh, 
What was the other movie that... Did, how is the Ninjago movie going? Are people really liking that? Is that out yet? Lego Ninjago? Yeah. No, it's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. I'd, I'd never okay. heard the term Ninjago... Oh, no. ...before the Lego movie Ninjago mm-hmm. was announced. Right. But, like, apparently it's a big subsector of Lego, which is as sad I didn't know that because I consider myself a Lego fiend. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's, it's a big subsect of Lego, but not to, like lego purists like yourself not to guys that are getting you know big camper van lego things mm. that i'm looking at that still isn't put together and I know, like I know. millennium falcons and stuff like those people aren't buying ninjago i was really stuff, all about the think. lego city yeah i wanted to develop like the the urban core of, <laughs> of my lego <laughs> i was all about city planning <laughs> we have a street light on that intersection bike lanes on yeah, all the exactly. streets yeah Cheaper uh, tolls at the bridge. Of course. Yeah. Bridge is paid for. There's a there's a tax system, a great endowment <laughs> for the city, and they're basically just working off interest. A heated mayoral electoral campaign. Yeah. <laughs> You're like putting up little signs <laughs> all over the city. Other Netflix things. Okay. Well, one last thing I have to say about the, the Netflix Disney thing that just came into my head. Like, did Disney not realize that they were... It's like they're now just realizing, oh, wait, Netflix is a giant. Yeah. We're a giant, too. They can't be a giant. Yeah. We it, need to take our giganticism elsewhere. It seems so hasty. Yeah. Like, why didn't you realize this 18 months ago? Yes. When you were obviously drawing up the plans to have a big right. partnership with Netflix. And I say just go with it. Well, and, like, do none of the work. Yeah. Just sell, like, all the new release Star Wars movies to Netflix for a shit ton of money. I think they're worried that they're just eventually going to get bought by Netflix. Well, I think, I think of anything, Disney probably wanted to buy Netflix. Yeah. I think reversely, uh, Mm -hmm. conversely, I think that probably could have happened a couple years ago. And maybe Netflix now would go, eh. We're good. Although, if I, and this this plays to the argument I've made before that like maybe it's the millennial in me, or maybe it's just somebody who doesn't know what it's like to be a successful multimillionaire. But if I were in the position where I could just sell Netflix to Disney for twenty billion dollars or whatever they could get for it, you're like, probably something. Why like wouldn't that. I? Yeah, I'd never work again. Yeah, but also that <laughs> would... work ethic would never get me to the success, right? That it would take to have Netflix. I agree. As soon as I got to a point where someone was willing to offer me a million dollars for that thing, I would find it so hard to turn down. Yeah. You know? No, Becky and I were talking about uh, getting paid to eat bugs the other day. (laughs) Why were you talking about that? I forget how it came up. We were in the Dairy Queen drive-thru in Dartmouth of all places. Just wondering what was in the blizzards. So naturally, when you're in a drive-thru on Main Street, Dartmouth, you start talking about eating bugs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And... I think, we, I think we started with a million dollars. Like, what wouldn't I eat for a million dollars? And it occurred to me, like, no, there's almost nothing I wouldn't eat for one grand. For, <laughs> yeah. for $1,000, I could eat almost anything. In fact, in fact, 150 bucks. There's no bug I wouldn't right. eat. You're doing a very clean version of a, of a uh, Pete, uh, what's his name? The guy on... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right. I am. Pete yeah. Davidson. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. He starts out, it's like, I would, I told myself I would never do that. I would never do it. Not for a million dollars. Like, I wouldn't do that. I'm not gay. Now, a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, it's about <laughs> fiscal responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel. So, tweet us whether or not you're interested in subscribing to Disney's solo streaming venture. Boo. What will they call it? The Diz. The Diz. <laughs> Uh, Dizzy TV. 
Dizzy TV. Di- stream. Dizzy Rascals. Stream, streams knee. <laughs> streams knee. That's not good. Diz streams. I don't know. They'll probably just call it something else like the Magic, the Magic Channel. Subscribe to the Magic Channel. Yeah. Disney on demand. So maybe something like um, I don't know. Just trying to incorporate like, like, uh, Lion King of the Stream or like. <laughs> <laughs> Lion King of the Stream. I don't know. Do Roger Miller parody. <laughs> I love it. Just something, something like that that it kind of incorporates the, the streaming aspect. You know. All right. All right. <laughs> it's probably going to be Lion King of the Stream. Snow White and the Seven Streams. The yeah, seven... Exactly. We're Stream White and the, <laughs> and the Seven Dwarves. Oh. Okay. Next frozen up. stream. Yeah, that, that's a little vague. Yeah. <laughs> they just put all their money into it frozen. Sound <laughs> They're only pushing frozen. Moana stream. Nobody, nobody even like knows Disney anymore. It's just the the frozen just people. Frozen. <laughs> they haven't done everything else. Okay, uh, okay. Netflix uh, just bought the company. I guess the comic book creator that uh, developed Kick Ass and Kinsman. King, of cool. Kingsman? So Kingsman and Kick-Ass are both uh, film franchise based on graphic novels. That comic making company was just bought by Netflix. Okay. So they are in the property buying business, I guess. Okay. Uh, they also are developing a new Western series written and directed by the Coen brothers. The Coen brothers are going to television. That's cool. That is cool. That'll be really cool. A so it's going to be a special with... A mini series, I guess. Okay, so I like, like that even more. Eight episodes, and I, it's my understanding that they're all going to be westerns, okay. and they're all going to loosely be based on real western stories, or like real outlaws in the history books. And sure. they're going to tell their own Coen Brothersy version of each story, and there's not going to be a a connected universe necessarily, but eight different Coen cool. Brothers mini films, almost like like Black Mirror yeah. style. Like there's they're not necessarily connected, but there's a season of it. I hope so. I think That's that'd be cool. pretty cool. Uh, and then the other big Netflix news of the week is the return of David Letterman. Yeah, I didn't hear about this. How did you miss this? I don't know. Where am I getting? My, I'm getting. I get my news from you when I sit down every Wednesday night. It happened yesterday. It was announced. Netflix is going to be streaming a six-part talk show, six episodes, long-form, one-hour interviews. Starring David Letterman as the host, being affable and sure. cheeky, yep. but no stupid pet tricks right. no gimmicks no paul schaefer presumably i'm not even sure there's going to be a studio audience it's just going to be long form interviews with david letterman and whichever six people in the world he most wants to talk to whoa who do you think is going to be on it do you think it's going to be like norm mcdonald uh who are like the top five letterman guests letterman guests uh julia roberts uh, I'm trying to think who I, he definitely had Johnny Depp on a lot, but it's not cool to talk to Johnny Depp anymore. No, I, like I really, better. I really see Howard Stern. Definitely. Howard Stern. I really cool. see it more likely that he'll talk to like Elon Musk. Oh really? And yeah, like why come back just to talk to silly movie stars again? Right. Which is not to say David Letterman doesn't love Julia Roberts or Howard Stern, but, but what a twist that would be if he has like, 
Elon Musk on one episode and like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> you know, that could be really interesting. Wouldn't that be crazy. I would love to hear you just talking people. to like Titans of, of tech industry. It's just so interesting because David Letterman was so widely believed to be somebody who would retire and never be heard from again. Well, and he has been for the last couple of years. Like he's, been he's pretty quiet, been so, like pretty recluse. I don't know if recluse is the right word. I think no. he's been pretty media shy. Maybe it's just because he has that huge beard. He seems like he's at least trying to put forward that he's being replaced. I think that man was told to shave every day of his life for 35 years. Yeah. And he always wanted to grow that beard. Sure. Yeah. And and that's fine. Yeah. But he it looks like someone who is recluse. I love the beard. I think it's yeah. cool. I think so too. Yeah. But it looks more recluse than not. I suppose it does. But I mean, he's been doing like... He's, he's spoken at events mm-hmm. and like been at... Uh, he's like done introductions for like yeah. hall of fame events yeah. for other people well, he inducted he just, pearl jam yeah, yeah he just isn't appearing in a super mainstream media context right. like in a tmz kind of way and i think sure. that's cool like i think he has no patience for the frivolities of fame mm-hmm. but i don't think he was necessarily as interested in disappearing right gone like with the wind carson. as as johnny carson and evidently he really misses work in some capacity i remember hearing him say a little while ago that he has been very jealous of Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee. Sure. That as soon as he heard of that premise and he did an episode, yep. he was like, oh, I wish I'd thought of this. This is the best. Yeah. Wow. So when is it starting? Next year sometime. Okay. We gotcha. don't really know anything. We don't even he's know the a, name. He's got a full year to make six episodes. Yeah. Six one-hour episodes where he just sits down and talks to someone. Right. That's plenty of time, Dave. No, I think Is he doing I'm, like one a month? I don't know. I, I assume they're all going to go up at once. Sure. Maybe not, though. Right. Because I still, uh, in spite of myself, I still watch the Chelsea Handler Netflix talk show. Oh, yeah? You don't like it, though? It's not that I dislike her. You liked it for a long time. Yeah, I thought it was really strong at first, but that was before Trump got elected. And not that I think people shouldn't talk about the issues they feel strongly about. She's very interested in American politics, I think probably for the first time. Right. Um, But it's really something she feels strongly about, and so she talks about it a lot. But she's just not as qualified to speak freely on it as Stephen Colbert. Right. And I think you can see through that. Mm-hmm. Now, it's fine to take the uh, position of, uh, hey, former press secretary of Barack Obama, explain to me what this is and what it means and what the impact could be. Right. Because a lot of people can identify with that naivety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I find it kind of forced. Yeah. And so I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm just getting Trump fatigue. Yeah. Not just from Chelsea. Sure, everyone is. Yeah. And what do you think this new Saturday Night Live special will be like? Are they just running that like until the series premiere? Yeah, so you mean the weekend update? Thing? Yeah. That's starting tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, I think it's just three Thursdays in a row of uh, Jost and Che doing jokes because it's such a rich time that we don't want to be away from the desk. Right. I mean, I, they've done this before during presidential cycles. They did it They did it during the uh, the. I want to say the Tina Fey election, <laughs> the Sarah Palin, John McCain election. With They've done Barack it more Obama. recently yeah. than that, surely. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's the last time I remember it. Thursday night primetime weekend update. It's, yeah. it's been a, a perennial thing, sure. at least semi. Okay. And so they're going to have some, some summer dates starting tomorrow. Interesting. I'll check that out. Will you watch that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, is it going to be like a full half an hour, 22 minutes of update? Because that sounds incredible. Well, yeah, I think so. That's what the, again, that's what they did with the, and they might even have a different cold open, but then just go into weekend update. Yeah. That'd be oh, I'm, cool. I'm totally open to that. I think yeah. that sounds great. Sweet. 
Uh, so very excited about that. That is all the Netflix news, but more Disney stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, that was really the big controversial one. Um, this one's kind of creepy. It's very Orwellian. Disney has designed a new kind of technology, which is supposed to take the place of the focus group. Oh. So they're going to use facial recognition during test screenings to tell whether or not the audience enjoys their movies. Wow. So they're going to read your facial expressions for all the times you're laughing, bored, distracted, elated, joyous. So they're just going to do this with a select group of people? Yeah, like before Moana 2 gets um, released, they'll right. show it to a test audience. Have you seen Moana yet? Yeah, it was great. You have. It's really good. Okay. Yeah, it's very beautiful, very vivid. Sure. Uh, and very funny. I mean, Dwayne the Rock. So your test score on this focus group would have been, oh, he's smiling. He likes it. I think so. He's yeah. laughing. I think so. He's crying out of joy. I don't know if I cried out of joy at any points. No. I definitely like beamed like the sun whenever. <laughs> um, he's beaming like the sun. <laughs> I, I, I beamed like the sun whenever melodically you could recognize Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, sure. Because Becky and I are big nerds about that. And so there were like little. Was little, his like voice in it? Nobody wrote all the music. Oh, gotcha. And so just melodically, you could right. hear it here and there. People apparently love Moana. I think it's the new Frozen for me. Like, I didn't watch Frozen until a year and a half after it came out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of your tropey Disney story. Sure. About spunky daughter of the high king, chief, right. whatever he might be. Like, the leader of her community. She's the spunky daughter who wants to break away she wants to be she she loves her family and she loves her village but she wants something more and she knows there's more out there right i bet her dad understands in the end in the end i think he understands but he he forbids it at first sure like you do in a disney movie right but she accidentally gets swept away on an adventure with her friend ah is she with her friend at the beginning or does she gain a friend during being swept away well she definitely gains friends and that would be the demigod that is dwayne the rock johnson right uh, that's the friend she gains. Although right. it's although it's a slightly tempestuous relationship at first because she finds him quite off-putting and he's very cocky. Sure. But really, they grow to care about each other quite deeply. Okay. You know, were Timon and Puma kind of the same way with Simba? I think that Simba was very naive, and he. Although that's a good a good example of a story that's very similar. He, mm. he wanted to break away and be free. No, I think he was very welcoming to Timon and Pumbaa because they rescued him. They saved his right. life. Sure. And then they were like showing him their quirky ways. Finding Nemo, Nemo gets lost. Kind of yeah. like. But what, what friends does does Nemo? T- I mean, I guess Dory. the aquarium. No, Dory is Marlin's friend. Albert Brooks. Uh oh, I don't know. I'm I'm willing to give up on that super. Well, quick. you're never going to get hired I, by I, Disney. I'm in over my head on this one. <laughs> anyway, I would recommend Moana. Watch it on Netflix before it gets taken away. Yeah, good. Is it on Netflix now? Yes, it is. What? Yes, it is. It's only been out for like six months. I know, but they had this sweet deal where stuff on on from Disney gets put on Netflix super fast. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. I'm on board. So that was kind of exciting, and I had one other Disney thing. Oh, this is kind of small. Um, George Lucas, did you hear about Princess Leia having a PhD? No. <laughs> it's just kind of like this funny thing, like 
she's a princess she's a general in the military the intergalactic military oh and by the way she's a doctor uh, i guess in some documentary that was put out in 2004 yeah. george lucas says he gives a bunch of backstory about leia organa and says that at 19 she gets her phd <laughs> her space phd what and so everybody was really excited about that they actually didn't laugh about it they were i guess because we have a soft spot for Carrie Fisher right now. Sure. So we just want all the best for her. Yeah. But everybody was really excited. And then Disney was like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> so like <laughs> Disney just almost in a trolley way. Disney. They stuck up their hand and they were like, we're going to negate that. No, she does not. Are they trying to make their stock go down or something? Are they just Their stock try- did go down this week. And really? so did Netflix's. Wow. The announcement of their departure from Netflix killed both, both of them. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why, because like, unless unless it's specifically a plot point in Star Wars Episode Eight that that Leia never got her PhD, <laughs> I don't That's see why it was necessary the that they take it away line. from her. She better be named an honorary PhD. Like she, Luke's she actively, just fighting for her. She actively has dialogue where she says to Finn, like, if I had finished my PhD, we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> We'd be on Tatooine, living it up. That's right. We'd be uh, part of the elite, the sophisticated elite of Tatooine. Um, what I was going to say was, uh, uh, where was I going with this? Okay, so we got, did you get a Google alert? Oh, no. Becky is filling out the Coast uh, Best of Halifax survey. Sure. And she uh, just wanted to let me know that she is voting for Mix 96.5 oh, in, in the best radio station categories. Nice. Thanks, Becky. Atta girl, Beck. <laughs> Thanks for voting for me in the coast. What kind of dog? Cockapoo. <laughs> it's a cockapoo. It's a cockapoo. Vote for that for best dog. You get two votes. What are the categories? Um, best radio station and best radio station that plays local music. Oh, okay. I, Sweet. I accept both of those votes. Thank you. Excellent. Now they're definitely in there. They've been accepted by Colin Sweets. Love you too, Becky. Um, Okay, what else do we have? (laughs) What were we talking about? I got to thank you. You had something. Um, Yeah, okay, so we were talking about Netflix. We were talking about Moana. We were talking about... We've exclusively talked about Netflix and Disney so far. I finished Ozark. Oh, I'm on episode three. Are you? Yep. Man, I loved it. Yep. I really loved it. Like, there was not a whole lot about that season that I thought was weak or slow. I thought every episode was totally necessary yep. it was an awesome show in my opinion do i have I think, anything more to be really concerned about what do you mean violence wise um if i got through the first episode i can handle the rest yeah you'll be fine okay there will be like maybe a couple cringy moments for you but sure. like you're you're good nobody nobody gets their scalp torn off or anything uh uh no no scalpings no scalpings Although I had to think about you it. You did, yeah. <laughs> no, just watch it. Let me know if you have any issues. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the second episode. Yeah. Because it was kind of a slow burn. It was kind of not a whole lot of tense moments, but enough that I was like, holy shit. I made the point today that I think I might have liked watching that first season more than I liked watching the first season of Breaking Bad. Okay. Bringing it back to Breaking Bad. To be fair, Breaking Bad took a while to yeah. become the it big thing. It became progressively like amazing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to keep up with that one because we finished that Franco show, the Stephen King time travel show. Yeah, what'd you think? It was really good. I mean, it was a huge departure from the novel. They changed right. like massive stuff about the novel. Right. Um, but but in in terms of, of um, 
adaptation, I think they probably made clever choices and it had it had your traditional um, kind of sad, wistful ending, but ultimately mm-hmm. the correct ending. Right. And I love a correct ending that's not the easy ending. Sure. Uh, so I thought it was good. There was a... Uh, it was a... essentially Back to the Future had Stephen King written it. Sure. It's got a lot of similar themes and cool. similar time travel um, quirks. Nice. There was... When did that come out? Like a year ago? About a year ago, I guess, on Hulu, I think. Oh, nice. There's a there's a trailer for the new James Franco HBO show, The Deuce. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah with uh, Zoe Kazan. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. It looks interesting. I don't know anything about it. It kind of reminded me of, like, it kind of had a vinyl vibe, but I hope okay. they did it a little bit more right. A little while ago on the podcast, I gave a big recommendation of the Zoe Kazan movie, Ruby Sparks. Okay. Which also stars her real life boyfriend Paul Dano. Okay. Um, I still highly recommend that movie, and I've seen it I think two or three times. Really great, like modern fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It has only recently come to my attention that she actually wrote that movie, which makes me love it even more. I think that's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. It's called Ruby Sparks. It's called Ruby Sparks. It's a. It's about this. Uh, okay, I'll try and say it quickly. It's about Paul Dano plays this twenty five, twenty six year old novelist who has written one book in his life and it happens to accidentally have become the next great american novel right when he was like 19 he wrote the next great book yeah and ever since then he's had writer's block trying to come up with a second book and in the midst of his writer's block he decides he's going to create this great female lead for his next book in writing her he gets uh a little bit caught up and kind of falls in love with his main character okay if she were a real person Mm -hmm. Goes to bed, wakes up the next morning, and, and she is real. a real person. She lives wow. in his house, and they're a couple. Right. And Yeah, uh, I, I remember you explaining this to me. It's cool. It sounds interesting. It's sweet. Yeah. Ruby literally sparks. <sighs> Get it? She yes. sparks to existence. Right. Uh, I've got a couple more things. Have you heard about LeVar Burton? Yeah, being sued for this using his catchphrase. Bullshit. Doesn't that suck? It's bullshit. I, uh, I actually heard... On Time Crisis this week, that podcast with Ezra Koenig, they they had Gerard Carmichael on. He dates Rashida Jones now, not Gerard Carmichael, but uh, Ezra Koenig. That's great, isn't that awesome? Cool. And she was married. Okay, uh, yeah, they must split up because sure. they started dating in like January. Maybe she wasn't married though. I could be wrong about that. And uh, they talked to the creator. They they get a lot of people like a lot of theme song creators. They had the creator of Seinfeld on there, and then like the. They have a big thing about restaurant chains, and they had the guys who did the five dollar foot long theme song. On okay, there. so it's kind of just like a weird nichey thing. That so they, they had the guy who wrote "Take a Look." It's in a book. It's reading Rainbow. They did, yeah. Okay, yeah. His wife actually wrote the lyrics. Okay, he was a big like electronic kind of music guy, right? And he did this. He had this like electronic piano, and it had a a, a synthesizer that kind of randomized notes. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning, the yeah, like that was from that. And, sure. And anyways, so he had a great career, I guess, writing a bunch of like like opening songs for for children's shows, TV shows. And it was funny because Gerard Carmichael was kind of saying, you know, you'd hear the the beginning of that song. And you just like run to the to the TV because that's what you yeah 
You know, it was like almost like a call to action. So let me explain just really quickly what the basis of this lawsuit is. Sure. So uh, LeBar Burton, aside from Star Trek, best known for hosting the educational kids program Reading Rainbow in the 90s for PBS. It was a Mm -hmm. wonderful show. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has since launched a Kickstarter campaign. It's to date one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns of all time to bring that brand back. And he's been in talks, in fact, with Netflix to revive the show Reading Rainbow. But... In the meantime, he's recently started a podcast called LeVar Burton Reads. Okay. He recently publicly made, I guess, the the media gaffe, the PR gaffe of describing his podcast as Reading Rainbow for Adults. Mm-hmm. And this perked up the ears of WGD, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. the, the like local TV station that owns the rights to Reading Rainbow. Right, okay. Um, but it's not PBS. Well, PBS is uh, owned by viewers like you. Oh, right. Oh, right. So yeah, it's, it's public broadcasting, but a specific television station. Yeah, in the states owns the property of Reading Rainbow. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, he does not. Gotcha. And so they own. Excuse me. They reserve the right to resent any comparison to their property, especially if it's something that's aimed at adults. When the program's for kids. Yeah. Now, how could it be a problem considering it was spoken by the creator of Reading Rainbow and, and somebody as sweet as LeVar Burton? It right. couldn't. They're just fucking trolls, right. clearly. They're also... Uh, and it's also, it's something that could be said in a sentence. The the catchphrase? Yeah. Exactly. So they're, they're, they're filing their lawsuit uh, because he has since used the catchphrase, which is, I want to get it exactly right. Uh, you don't have to take my word for it. Yeah, I think it's, but don't take my word for it. Yeah, maybe it is. Because One he's like, two. he's like, he finishes reading and he says, yeah. I thought this was a great book, but don't take my word for it. Like, you know, read it yourself. Yeah, kind of I think it's, you don't have to take my word for it. Maybe it is. But sure. either way, it's just an expression that people say, but they say that that phrase is unequivocally associated with reading rainbow, which is their property. Mm. So, which is not true, because I might say that expression for any number That's of That's right. Things. Although, I don't know. Just playing devil's advocate, it's so associated with that one show. When said by LeVar Burton. Right. Okay, but then is, but if, is if, only LeVar Burton not allowed to say it? No, it's it, it makes it more okay for him to say it. But if we ended every podcast with, you don't have to take my word for it. Right. We're not getting paid to do this podcast. I can't make that clear enough. Yeah. But... But if we, for some reason, ended the podcast with that every week, people would be like, oh, weird, the Reading Rainbow thing. You know what? I'd rather get sued by Reading Rainbow than Will Smith, for what it's worth. That's fair. <laughs> and yet we pick a fight with him every we week. We throw some shots at him all the time. Uh, so anyway, I hope the best comes for LeVar Burton, because he only wants kids to read books. Yeah. He's just a good dude. That's and all he wants? they just seem to be picking on him. You don't think he wants money at all? No, I think he probably wants money. Yeah, but I mean, his his great his heart's in the right place. His great endeavor has uh, has definitely been in I think in good faith, mm-hmm. and it seems like they're picking a fight over something that they didn't have to pick a fight over. Yeah, and it doesn't look like Reading Rainbow is ever going to come to Netflix. Have I ever showed you the uh, Reading Rainbow remix by DMX? That sounds familiar. Okay, if you <laughs> didn't show it to me, somebody might have. <laughs> it's a laugh. Okay, people can look that up themselves. Twin Peaks, definitely not returning to Showtime. Very unlikely it's going to return anywhere. Really? Yeah. People loved this season, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I heard really good it things. It was like supposed to be amazing. I kind of want to watch the first two seasons now. 
wasn't sure that I'd want to do it to like watch the Showtime yeah. one. Why is it not coming back? They, do you remember how much I loved the pilot of Twin yeah. Peaks? I adored that pilot. So much so that you like went through and... Yeah, I know everything about Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm jealous, but I don't know. Maybe I'll still watch it. It's my understanding that this new season was kind of meta. It, it just kind of seemed self-aware. That's oh, really? at least what I understood about it just from the outside looking in. Right. Because it's got like, like critically, it has like 100% on Rotten But Tomatoes, I think commercially like it didn't do that well. Sure. I mean, which speaks a little bit to what a cult fan base it had to begin with. Right. And also the fact that those who actually are watching it probably don't have showtime. They're probably just downloading it. Right. Yeah, that's so, fair. I don't think it did that well commercially. Yep. That might be why. Dan Harmon, I don't know exactly the quote, but he has now basically admitted that Community died when Donald Glover left. You know how they kind of went yeah. on for a couple more years, and it mm-hmm. even still is left out there, and certain fans think there should be a movie because they did their six seasons. I, right. think, I think maybe that's been put to bed. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think he said, look, if we can't have that original cast, the magic's mm-hmm. not there. It's going to feel... It'll probably happen, but it will be stupid. And in like 10 years. Yeah. Like people will be like, oh yeah, community. Let's try to bring it back. Joel McHale will do it because he never seems too proud. Sure. Uh, Allison Bree's above it now. She works yeah. for Netflix. Gillian Jacob works for ne- Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's too many of the core. Yeah, I think so too. And then the big entertainment news of the week. And we don't typically talk about like celebrity gossip. You do a bit. If it comes up, I guess. Yeah. But we seem to talk about the business. You're right. It's, we're all about the business, we're all baby. It's biz. business time in the show show. Uh, however, everybody's heartstrings seem to be tugged by the uh, the split of Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think their relationship is so deeply impacting people? It was kind of a bummer. I think it's because they both seemed really like nice and fun. Like they were a fun couple. Sure. So you hate to see them. But you don't you don't know what happens behind the scenes. I mean, I know. The like I I saw pictures of someone posted a picture on Reddit a while ago. I don't know if you saw this, and it was a picture of them taking a picture with Chris Pratt mm-hmm. and Anna Ferris was in the background, just giving the dirtiest look. Really? Yeah, and I don't know. Judging by the social media posts, I haven't read into this at all. But judging by the social media posts, they were like made a, a declaration of their splitting up or conscious uncoupling, as we should call it. Right, of course. Uh, and uh, it ended with like, I will always love and respect. I will always like have the deepest respect for Anna. And, yeah. Like we're going to be raising our son or whatever. And Anna didn't include that. I, I, you mentioned that to me yesterday, and I looked a little bit more closely. Did you? And I just read that in an article, too. I two, didn't compare them. The, the, the statements that both of them made, her mm. on Instagram, he on Facebook, yep. are definitely very similar. Yep. Uh, and they are slightly appropriated. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get the sense that there was like a bitterness to one over the other. It's it's very uh, possible that someone was just trying to stir up controversy. For example, Anna's was... It was written in iMessage, screenshot, and then Instagrammed the screenshot. Oh. I guess, like it didn't occur to her to write it in notes and screenshot that way. But it just seemed like maybe she ran out of room. Right. And so she cut the, the one line about respect. She overtly says, we still love each other. Right. In hers. Yeah. Whereas Chris says, we still have love for each other. And to me, that's colder than we still Ooh, love yeah. each other. So I don't know. A lot of people were very quick to say... 
Oh, he definitely is banging Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence on the side. Well, she's having her own love affair with Darren Aronofsky, who's putting out her movie right now. So I don't think that's really? fucking true. Absolutely. So they're, they're like known to be a couple, and he's like a man. It's like he, she's not leaving Darren Aronofsky for Chris Pratt. Who's he's a filmmaker. He made Black Swan. And right, he's right. Made this How movie. old is he at this point? I don't know. How much older is he to her? Is he like 12 years older? 14 years older? Do you want to guess? Uh, I'm going to say he is 16 years older. 16 years older? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Lawrence is... Two dates. She's she is 28? 26. 26? Oh, but she's going to be 27 next week. Okay. I was going to say, she and I are the same age. She is just shy of a year older than me. But Darren Aronofsky... Is forty-eight. He is twenty-one years older. Ah, uh, oh, yep. Damn, damn. I did not think that he was a young damn. man. I didn't think he was like a young director. He made this new movie, Mother, which she's starring in with. Who is it? Uh, maybe um, Javier Bardem. Is it gonna be really weird? Yeah, it's weird and yeah. spooky. Okay. Yeah. I still never saw Black Swan. Did you? Me neither. No. Oh, okay. No. Anyway, so whether or not. Chris Pratt got super famous and super hunky and cheated on his wife. Mm-hmm. I can't say. And it's it's I think it's really stupid to go on the internet and say, I bet I know what happened. <laughs> yeah. That's so Let ridiculous. Me take a guess here. Yeah. Um but I think probably their relationship is too different from what it was when they got together and it's hard to stick the landing. Yeah. I their mean their lives changed immeasurably. And in a pretty quick amount of time right after guardians came out it was just he was getting jurassic park and he had one of the quickest rises to a-list stardom i've ever seen yeah yeah especially for a guy who'd been around for a long time Mm -hmm. but like that's that is he long bottomed you know what i mean like he's one of the great long bottomings of all time he's he's one of the uh one of the people that i think like the the tide could turn on him you know i say that sometimes with like like gross popularity like oh i hope not everyone just turns on this person you mean we got more. too into it too fast you uh, think i'm trying be- to think of like who this happened with maybe like michael keaton at one point so he just kind of like drifted into obscurity sure. because people were kind of like over him except michael keaton turned out to be a fabulous actor sure so well, he's he, definitely back in vogue oh yeah he came back like yeah. it just took 20 years or whatever it was yeah okay that hiatus I'm trying to think who else like Anne hathaway it happened i mean she still continues to act but you know she reached that point where people were like "Ugh, that's a good example though on. i think that's probably a better example than michael keaton yeah she we just got over oversaturated with yeah with Anne hathaway mm-hmm. i think that could happen with chris pratt people are still on his on his side right i don't know i don't know like enough about him i think it gets to the point where once it's almost kind of like basic to like someone so much yeah you're like ah well everyone loves him right i'm gonna like harry styles yeah because harry styles (laughs) doesn't have enough fans yeah yeah i mean as an actor you mentioned gerard carmichael he was a part of jay-z's friends uh parody did you see this no so jay-z funded a remake of an episode of friends they just redid the episode where no one's ready the one where no one's ready but with all black characters. No. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's all in it? Uh, Issa Rae is in it. Is that how you say her name? I have no idea. Uh, and Gerard Carmichael. I'm trying to think of other people. I, don't know, I didn't recognize everybody. Right. Yeah. 
That's hilarious. And then I think what's um uh what's uh, Alan Yang, the Master of None creator? Yeah. I think he directed it. Okay. Yeah, and he, it's just a commentary on like on how so much of mainstream media is so whitewashed. And that was entirely true sure. of Friends. I'm not sure if we brought that up last week when we were talking about Friends in the podcast, but Oh, we didn't. There's the like other two black characters the entire time. There was never t- two black characters on Friends. No, I'm, but I mean, there's one like Ross dated a black character. Yeah, in the tenth she, Aisha season, Tyler. Yeah, in the tenth yeah. season, and that was or the like, first black redemption? person ever. Yeah. It was the first black person ever on the show. Really? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, definitely, like with a a first and a last name right. and a reoccurring I remember role. There was one in that one black guy in that barbershop quartet that time. <laughs> it's right. he, it's he fun to have a birthday. <laughs> uh yeah do you yeah. like that very specific bill? that was a very specific early friends drop <laughs> yeah. they were ahead of their time having a black guy in 1994 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh that's so terrible that's the thing yeah. i i noticed because last week we talked about friends on the podcast for our 50th and we had originally planned to talk about a second show but we ran out of time that's right so we're going to talk about that show this week on the podcast mm-hmm. that show also happens to be incredibly white yeah, uh, definitely. There was a there was a case of David Allen Greer having been through the audition process to portray a black character in that show. Yeah, and that character actually ended up getting rewritten as a white character. Oh my god! So this show, no. that we're, this show that we're going to talk about, also has a huge history of being overtly white. Wow. So okay. how do you want to do this? Because I was the only person who did a, a recap last week. I feel like we have to start with this show, given what the other show is. Sure. So it's either, it's up to you, either I can go first and I can recap Cheers, or you can go first and recap Cheers. Uh, I would rather you do it. All right. (laughs) Well, I was just, I forget it. Yeah, so do I. But we have a second show that we're going to do. Yeah, we do. And I can, I can recap that one with ease, I think. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah, I just, I forget the, the characters, names and all that fun stuff. Okay, uh, forgive me. This is not going to be because it's not fresh. It was seven days ago, I yeah, watched, eight sure. days ago, in fact. I watched this show, so I'm going to do my best to recap the pilot episode of the TV uh, favorite that is Cheers. I'm going to go on go. All right, on one, two, three, on go. <laughs> okay, there's a bartender who is uh, named Sam, and he used to pitch for the Red Sox. Now he runs the bar, and everybody comes into the bar and one day a woman comes into the bar and she's quite beautiful but she's also quite posh and quite a snob and her fancy university tenured uh fiance has to go get his engagement ring back from his former wife so that they can properly be betrothed he leaves she stays at the bar doesn't seem to like anybody he comes back essentially is still in love with his ex-wife and so he leaves her she stays at the bar and cheers happens (laughs) yeah I love it. Anytime you say and cheers or and title <laughs> happens, it's a it's a great way to end it. And that is the way and they've incited cheers. Breaking bad happens. And then there's breaking bad. Um yeah. I forgot everybody's name, unfortunately. Well, there was Coach, there was Sam Malone, he's Sam. a former pitcher turned bar owner. Ted Danson. Yep. Yeah. Uh there's Norm, there's Cliff Clavin. Yep. Uh, I, that's pretty much all I remember. What What's the name of the? What's her friggin' name? Diane. 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 Diane's crazy. So I guess I and, and, and we're gonna have to speak about about Cheers. I think 
pretty ignorantly because I don't think you watched Cheers. No, me no. neither. Although I found it that that the episode had a lot of laughs. Like I didn't think there was a whole lot of cheap. I thought it was kind of no. like smart. I thought it was. I thought funny, it was kind of cutting. Too. Quick laughs. Yeah, yeah, for a show that was kind of way back then. Yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. I thought yeah. it was pretty good. It's interesting that it sets up so early, as did Friends. Yep. The main romantic anchor of the show, which is between Sam and Diane. That's right. But uh, she wasn't so well liked among the cast of the series, and she actually leaves the show. And so. Oh, and that's when. Kirstie Alley comes in? That's right. I was wondering that. Kirstie Alley was brought in to replace Diane as like the sexy woman, which is funny in hindsight. Right. And they end up marrying each other at the end? Is that what happens? Do they get married? I don't know. I I don't know either. I don't know. I know that the series starts with him coming out from the the pool room Mm -hmm. and it ends with him going back into the pool room. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. How much of Cheers, this sounds so silly, how much of Cheers took place in that bar? I think Probably like ninety five percent. You're familiar with that expression. I, I I mean I know it through Community. I think that's how most of us know it. But like a, a like a bottle episode. Yes. Which is when something takes place all in one room. I was wondering that while while we were watching it too. I know there was some stuff that happened in like people's apartments and stuff too. But I would right. say like ninety to ninety five percent happened in Cheers. It's very impressive. It's yeah. very it's very hard to tell right. a story arc over right. no no huge cuts. There's so many extra characters too. Yeah, huge ensemble. Yeah, but uh, um, I I thought they kind of nailed the casting. I thought it was really great. I, I thought, mean, b- despite the the lack of diversity, they could have done better on that. You just mean from a physical standpoint, specifically with Ted Danson, you had a point about that. Yeah, well, uh, Jen was watching me like, man, he's such a babe. And he looks like such a former pitcher, you know? Isn't like, that interesting? He's, he's a got, babe. Yeah, oh my God, she loved him. I guess, and I think he was probably thought of as sexy in that way. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. um, and uh, you know, and she thought Norm was a babe. And she thought Cliff Clavin was a babe. Those guys were all babes, but that was a given. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Uh, what did you think about them ribbing the Patriots? I think that was just Yeah, the right... I thought it was funny because I think at that time they were such a, like, struggling team. Yeah. Like, they were so hopeless. Yeah, that was the joke. Yeah. That was the gag, and it's yeah. just, it doesn't hold up. No. Um, well, it, 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 yeah, you laugh for all the wrong reasons now. I guess that's just how they, that's their initial way of saying, by the way, we're in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you think the juxtaposition of your typical uh, working class, blue collar, um, modest folk, mm-hmm. like say, uh, um, what's, uh, what's Danny DeVito's wife's name? Rhea Perlman. Mm-hmm. That's who it is, right? Rhea Perlman? She's in Cheers. Rhea yes. Perlman comes in and she's like the antithesis of Diane. She's like so modest and she thinks that this woman is so ridiculous. Right. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Diane's fiance, Sumner, mm-hmm. this this uh, collegiate guy, do you think that that juxtaposition is like, is like kind of a gag about how everybody in Boston is either working class and kind of like cut from the cloth uh, or <laughs> a huge snob uh maybe i mean like that's what that's what goodwill hunting is about right sure it's about yeah how everybody's either like kind of a grease monkey yeah and and likable yeah i think <laughs> or a total pain in the ass but i think for the most part on the whole boston is kind of seen as like a blue collar place yeah i guess so you know? except it's the it, ultimate college town right yeah yeah it's, I, it's like one of the 
global hubs of intellectualism. Because it's got MIT and Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how the population stacks up to the overall population of just the schools or like the population of the schools stack up to the overall population. I don't know. Maybe it's like five or ten percent. Downtown it's gotta be a huge portion of the of the youthful population. Yeah, yeah, I guess you'd think so. The pilot episode of Cheers finished in seventy seventh in the Nielsen ratings. In other words, in dead last. Really? Cheers is the only series in television history to start in last place and end in first place. Work its way up. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It's kind of cool. Where was Dr. Fraser Crane? He was not in that episode, was he? No. He wasn't in the pilot at all. No. No, nor were, nor was like uh, Woody Harrelson. I think he was brought along right. some way through. And I, it's my understanding, is Woody Harrelson's character named Woody in Cheers? It is, yeah. That is a coincidence. Really? Isn't that amazing? The they, character they was were... named Woody before they even met with Woody Harrelson. Really? Wow. That's incredible. That's an incredible coincidence. Yeah. He's got a new movie out this week. Um, the, Glass the Glass Castle. Castle. Are you familiar with this movie? Yeah, we did the movie premiere tonight for it. Yeah, we hosted it as a as a station event. It looks kind of nice. It looks yeah, kind of sad. Guess, well, I guess the book's supposed to be really good. I was talking to uh, one of the street teamers about it, and she said it's not like... I feel like there's some weird turn in it where it gets kind of dark. Well, it's like a coming-of-age story. It's like this young girl... It's just, I guess she's just like growing up with these highly dysfunctional nomadic uh, parents nomad and like alcoholic and just like in every right. way, not useful parents. Right. Uh, and I gave away tickets on the air yesterday to some woman. I said, have you ever heard of the glass castle? She said, yeah, it's my favorite book of all time. No way. So that was kind of exciting. Um, but it's the first I'd really ever heard of it. Cool. So it'd be interesting to see if it's any good. Brie Larson is in that as well. I'm a big uh, Woody Harrelson fan. He did that live uh it was like a live 60 minute show i never watched yeah. it what, what happened with that does anyone know he talked about that on i think it was colbert recently i want to see more of that yeah was owen wilson in it as well yeah so it was like it was kind of it was kind of revolutionary it was a live film right and it streamed live yeah to movie theaters to movie theaters yeah so you'd pay your money and you'd go and sit in the cineplex Sure. And as you're watching it, it's happening in Hollywood. It's happening live. That's incredible. That's really cool. And I think they did like two showings. Well, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. They did like an East Coast and a West Coast. I'd like to watch that and just see how it turned out. Because it wasn't like a comedy. It wasn't like when 30 Rock or Will and Grace right. would do live episodes. Yeah. That'd be, I can't believe Will and Grace is coming back, by the way. Will and Grace is coming back? That's coming back like full steam. They've already been renewed for second season. No. <laughs> yeah, they have. What? Yeah. I don't think he's going to do that well. I'm throwing that out there now. No, I, I, I think it's going to I think it's going to be comparable to like when Full House came back. It's going to yeah. be like, oh, we've moved on. Right. This subject matter is we're in a new place now. I, I just don't think that you can bring... It's like Prison Break came back to network television. What what happened there? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Like put it on Netflix. Like let virality happen. Yeah. Because it's not going to happen on... But even when Netflix TV. brings stuff back, sometimes stuff is better yeah in your memory yeah and yeah, this idea that we have to be excited because it might finally be coming back is preposterous like i saw a buzzfeed article yesterday and just the fact that i was on buzzfeed had me nauseous already but it was it was about how some nbc exec is like uh lobbying to get 30 rock in the office rebooted really and the 
the tone of the headline was, guys, you're never going to believe it. Guess what? I'm not, I don't have to be by default excited about that. Just because I loved it before doesn't make it a good idea. Right. Yeah. You can't ruin a good thing. Like they ended, they ended after what? Seven seasons of The Office? Eight seasons? Nine. Why? Yeah. Why would they bring that back? No. Exactly. It ran to completion. <laughs> hey, you're only going to get Meredith and Creed back. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, like, are you going to flood it with a bunch of new people otherwise? Yeah. Not interested. No. Uh, that's all I got about Cheers. I don't I don't want to get into, like, too many huge specifics about, like, the plot of the show, because I don't, I can't speak on it. No. But I think it holds up, at least based on the pilot. I think so. And, and it's, isn't it amazing that the characters that they brought in were still super famous, like, became super famous yeah. actors? Absolutely. Like you, I mean, John Ratzenberger, his claim to fame is being in every Pixar movie. Really? Yeah, like he played Ham in Toy Story, yeah. which is the original. Yep. And then he has since been, there's not been a Pixar movie. There's probably been 15 Pixar movies. There's not been a Pixar movie without John Ratzenberger in it. Really? Now they put him in it just because they have to. What are what other memorable characters have oh, you played? Oh, I have a really hard time coming up with, sure. with the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, but Ham is the, is is the his initial keyword. example. It's a very iconic voice. Right. Cliff Clavin. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the other show that we are going to do is kind of a spin-off. Well, it is definitely a spin-off. It's the essential spin-off. Yeah, which did really well. It it was on the air longer than Cheers was. It was on longer than Cheers, and that was Frasier. So, Selenia, it's your job to recap the pilot episode of Frasier, which I don't think is going to be a problem. No, I think it's pretty easy. I enjoyed it, but I think uh, it wasn't wasn't overwrought with plot. Right. So you can uh, recap that in three, two, one... So Dr. Fraser Crane leaves the bar and moves back to Seattle where he starts his own on-air psychiatry show. Uh, he is becoming tighter with his brother. His father is an ex-cop. He got shot in the hip and has to move in with him. Uh, they hire Daphne after a series of interviews and she ends up becoming the physical therapist slash uh, housekeeper that ends up living with them. And uh, the dad also has a dog named Eddie. I think that's... You had about three seconds to spare. I you, know. I should, you did leave out. That was pretty good. But you did leave out how tense Frazier and Martin's relationship is. Right. Like, Which I don't, it really isn't throughout the rest of the season. Like I've caught episodes mm. of Frazier here and there and it's kind of like, oh, dad. And but I'm not, I'm again, I'm not super versed in right. Frazier, but I assumed from Jump Street, there's no way this guy stays this big of an asshole. I was kind of surprised by how cantankerous he was, which I think he's kind of always funny cantankerous but well and but there's a fine line between uh charmingly curmudgeonly and grouchy mm, yeah and just overtly cruel like right. he was so ungrateful but there's this they have kind of a blowout they kind of argue and then uh, sure i Martin forgot calls to into the radio show too. and says i'm trying to have a good relationship with my son and that's kind of a sweet moment right but everything else you nailed yeah so they make up chop salad and scrambled eggs have you been watching binging with babish no so this is a YouTube channel that really took off, like okay. really right. fast. Right? I think you meant. Did you mention this? Probably. Maybe yeah. Babish. It, it's it's a it's a cooking thing, and I don't typically care about cooking shows as much as some people do. Becky got me on it because she's a big cooking show person. Okay. But this guy, binging with Babish. Maybe it's on Reddit. Probably. It's a huge thing on Reddit. Okay. He puts out videos every Tuesday of how to make. Uh, recipes that are famous from movies and tv shows okay yeah and so the fraser theme song also happens to be his theme song 
Ah, uh, cool. Uh, I made uh, Kevin Malone's chili, speaking of The Office. Really? I made chili a few weeks ago. It was Kevin's chili. Sure. Based on binging with Babish's recipe, and it was very hot. Nice. Okay. The trick is to undercook the onions. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So anyway, check out Binging with Babish. It's a great thing to binge on YouTube. All right. I want to look this up. Plus, anything yeah. that can get me kind of into cooking, I, I think I'm on board with. I think that's I think that's kind of what people love most about this. Yeah. They go, oh, I could I could make those tacos. Sure. Yeah. And they look spectacular, and he's very cool. Yep. Uh, and it's very digestible because they're only like six-minute videos. That's fun. Do they show like clips of the show? Yep. In the Awesome. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of all over that. He made the burger from like SpongeBob. Okay. Last week he did the uh, he did a bunch of stuff from Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game. Oh wow! I've been playing, by the way. I bought a Nintendo Switch the other day. You did? Yeah, I did. How is it? It's friggin' awesome. No way. Yeah. Cool. Can you show it to me before I go? Absolutely. That was my birthday present to myself. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I'm uh, I'm excited about that. I don't know much about it, but I haven't even really seen that many videos. I've been wanting one for months. It's and- like it's like part kind of tablet part. Yeah, it's, it's it, the idea is that it's both a home entertainment video game system and a portable system. Right. So they've kind of merged those two worlds. And I wanted one when they came out. I thought it was so cool. Sure. Because uh, I used to be a big Nintendo guy. Never mm-hmm. been a big video gamer, right. but I love Nintendo. Yeah, I feel like you're more of a Nintendo purist than I, any I, other game. And I have system. an Xbox too, but like it's just kind of like if I want to murder people on Grand Theft Auto. Sure. Otherwise, <laughs> I love Nintendo. And so I was really excited about the Switch, and then. It was, of course, per Nintendo's bizarre business model, impossible to get your hands on. Right. Uh, but when we went to Florida, we sat next to a guy who was playing Breath of the Wild on the plane on his Switch, and I've just been crazy about it You're ever like, since. I'm getting one. And it's been very hard to to track. Mm-hmm. And of course, I wanted to save up uh, and not just buy it willy nilly, not be impulsive. Um, and I went into EB Games the other day, and I just picked up the display box, and I said to the guy. Um, you getting sick of telling people you don't have it in stock? And he says, I got one. He just had one? He had one. And so I was <laughs> like, I'll take it. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Super expensive? Yeah, it was three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. But that's sure. kind of what you pay for those Standard things. Standard yeah. beginning price for Yeah. A- anyway, so there's lots of there's like a big food theme in Breath of the Wild. Okay. And so binging with Babish did a recipe from Zelda. Cool. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to look at this. You should. I'm excited about that. You should. Um what did you think about some of the I found the overall plot, I found it pleasantly surprising. Uh, and, can, and, you, can you just talk for a second? I got to sure. run and get my uh, laptop charger. Sure. Okay, so one of the funnier things in the episode I found was Daphne, who I know is one of the key members of the Fraser community. And uh, the father I thought was supposed to be one of the funniest parts, but he was kind of a letdown. So Daphne is kind of like a British Cockney physiotherapist. And found her to be, uh, this is me just kind of like vamping while Sweets is out of the studio. I appreciate that. Looking for a plug right now. Um, anyways, uh, she is says she's kind of psychic, which I found uh, to be charming. Uh, and uh, Sweets, hurry the fuck up, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm getting sweaty. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're in working order. God, I would never be able to do a radio show. (laughs) It's tough. (laughs) Honestly, it's a scary thing. Yeah, but but that would be like a break for you right there. Yeah, but I have to repair it meticulously. Yeah, exactly. Or else you say, which I found to be 
Interesting. Look, buddy, I'm not going to fire you for Good. What did you talk about while I was gone? <laughs> Just Daphne. Oh, Daphne seemed okay. She was she was kind of funny in it. She was British. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the funniest part in the entire show was when uh, she says, oh, what's the dog's name? And he goes, <laughs> Eddie. I call him Eddie Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, does he like pasta? No, he has worms. That was a great joke. <laughs> Jen and I actually had LOLs on. I actually thought the introduction of Eddie was spectacularly funny. Yeah. I thought it was so smart. Yeah. Right. Hey, what about Eddie? You're, you're not letting Eddie move in here, but he's my best friend. Yeah. And it's not until the next scene you realize Eddie's the dog. Right. I thought it was so smart. Which he's like one of the most famous dog actors of all time. Is that right? Yeah. So he, he is was the just, same dog that appears throughout the series? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Frazier held the record for most Emmy wins overall by a single series. Yeah. Until Game of Thrones just oh, last year. Oh, crazy. Game of Thrones stole that record. I think, we, I think maybe we gave that stat in the first episode of this podcast when we talked about Game of Thrones. Yeah. I, I remember I could not get into Frasier at all. Like, and I could, I was, you know a friends fan in yeah. elementary school like that wasn't weird yeah i was uh you know into tons of popular tv shows at the time shows just, from the 90s yeah like, i watched home improvement a lot i watched sure i watched I've the seen, odd will and grace for sure i've he, seen every episode of probably both of those shows king or queen seinfeld king, yeah exactly raymond even like the, not not always good shows but no. you watch them and, and i'm with you i didn't really watch yeah Frazier. Like same like Family Matters too. I've seen I think every episode of Family Matters. He, he played that character for twenty years, man. That is like Frazier. That yeah, is, that is comedy. Like that that is never never it, seen. Isn't he kind of famously an asshole now too? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him on Regis and Kelly a long time ago. Yeah, and like I think it was Regis and Kelly at the time. Right, and he had been in Halifax or Nova Scotia at least shooting a movie. Yeah. And they asked him what it was like, and he said it was horrible. Oh, really? He was like, oh, it's terrible. It's always misty there, and there's nothing happening. And I was just like, well, if I didn't hate you already, right. we'll never be friends now. Right. But, I mean, you can imagine going somewhere and saying that it was terrible. Yeah, I know. I and know. if it was misty. But it's not, is what I'm saying. No, yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. It's not terrible. We like it. It was an... Apparently, an active effort through the entire 11 seasons Frasier was on to never put a stool on camera. Why? Because they didn't want it to... They wanted to... Uh, they wanted to distance themselves from cheers. Oh. Visually speaking, they wow. didn't want anyone to go, it's a bar stool, like right. cheers. Oh, my God. Who it's, would ever do that? It's such a... Oh, like, it's nice seeing him sit on the stool again. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember when Joey came on. Yeah. And everybody was still sad about Friends, even though it ended so, so well. Mm -hmm. And Joey didn't go so well, as we all know. Right. Uh, there was such minimal reference to the friends. Like, I think there's one Chandler joke in the pilot episode, mm -hmm. and that's it. And that's the thing. Like, you call a show Friends, and it's all about all of your friends being together, and then you move away from your friends. Well, it's yeah. Like... I mean, the star of Friends was not any one of them. It was the ensemble. Right. It was the chemistry of those six people. That's why just one of them can't hold the show on its own. Right. But I remember... Even even as like a thirteen year old or however old I was, mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out why they would they they seemed to so actively be avoiding referencing friends, and I yeah. think it was because they didn't want to lean on it. Yeah, they didn't want to seem desperate. Uh, 
but it would have helped. It helps to ground the character and helps to remind you that this is a person that you've spent time with. Right. And there was an off-the-gate reference to Cheers in the Frasier pilot. Yes. He, he, he very descriptively, descriptively says, I used to spend a lot of time in a bar. Right. And then you're supposed to be sitting at home going, oh, but but isn't that kind of sad too? Because he's like, I finally had to get my ass off the stool. And yeah, like, you know, he's kind of denouncing Cheers a little bit. I think that's true. I, except for that, that's probably what what Cheers had to resolve. Look, we have to get on with our lives. We can't spend our whole lives in this. We're bar. all alcoholics. Definitely. I mean, Norm passes out at the end of the first episode. I remember when Louis C.K. was first hawking Horace and Pete. He mm. his elevator pitch was, "This is what Cheers would actually be like." Right. Yeah, that's that, true. It's kind of fair. That's true. What other interesting Fraser things do I have? Oh, Kirstie Alley. We mentioned Kirstie Alley before and how she kind of came in as a replacement for the Diane character. She is actually the only major character from Cheers, mm-hmm. besides Coach, who died. The actor right. who played Coach died. She's the only living actor who appeared regularly in Cheers to not appear on Fraser. Wow. And can you guess why she, she refused to go on Fraser? She didn't get along with Kelsey Grammer? Do you know anything about Kirstie Alley's personal life? Uh, I guess not. She is a Scientologist. Right. I was going to say she's a Scientologist, isn't she? And so she fundamentally disagrees with psychology. And so oh. she wouldn't be on a show about a psychologist. Wow. Is she still a Scientologist? I believe so. Wow. I believe so. Crazy. Leah Remini was on Colbert the other night. She is, she is swinging hard, man. Yeah. Yeah, someone I saw an article that said Leah Remini doubling down on Scientology. She really is. I hope she doesn't end up face down in a river. Yeah, I really you imagine because she's like she's not afraid. No, and it's cool. Yeah, she's Honestly, like trying to. She's filed a missing persons report against David Miscavige's wife, and the detective she filed the report with ended up being a speaker at Scientological events. Oh God, which is terrifying. So creepy. Yeah, so creepy. I. Yeah, I mean, there's even, uh, I want to say, I don't even want to say it, because <laughs> I'm like worried about the world. You're worried about the, what Scientology could do to you? Scientology world. Um, but there's a Harris Whittles podcast with Pete Holmes where he's talking about how he like came super close to overdosing and now he's clean and yada, yada, yada. And it's very possible that he overdosed. And I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist about it, but he also sells out the fact that his girlfriend was a Scientologist and like he basically went into the headquarters to talk Scientology yep. with the people and tells the entire story. Yep. And then a month later dies of an overdose he did die of an overdose you really think scientologists i mean terrace whittles to death i mean would that be the craziest thing no it wouldn't be crazier than some things they've been accused of so and he wasn't so famous that there would be like a big investigation no but he was like being like i don't know i guess then i gave them a thousand dollars and they wanted to do this and yeah yeah but i'm sure he probably just died. really sad and really scary but it kept Kirstie Alley off Fraser, so there is a good uh, silver lining. <laughs> and um, on Weight Watchers. The same delivery man who drops off Martin's chair to Fraser's apartment yeah. picks up the chair in the Fraser finale. They had the same actor come by. Is that like supposed to be the same thing as Sam Malone yeah. walking in the... It's supposed to just be like a... Like a, a tip of the cap. To it's a how, resolvent. Yeah, sure. it's supposed to be like a closure thing. Where does he move back to? Or I, I don't know. I guess they just move out of the apartment. Okay. He lives through the series, though. I guess. Uh, that's all I got. 
the whole thing. Yeah. It's the whole shebang. It was cool. Maybe we'll have some new episodes to talk about next week. There's a couple new things I want to talk about on the podcast in the coming weeks. There's a there's a show starting on Netflix this week. It's called Atypical. Okay. It's uh, It seems like a, it might be kind of sweet. It's about a high school kid, awkward kid. He is on the autism spectrum. So okay. this is a show that's going to explore that. Interesting. That could be kind of interesting. We could talk about that. Uh, there's also a show. Have you heard about What Would Diplo Do? No. So uh, James Vanderbeek, as in Dawson, right, is in a new show called What Would Diplo Do, in which he plays Diplo. He plays Diplo, the okay. EDM guy. Yep, as like a weird philosophical pop cultural um, guru. <laughs> what? And so I gotta see this yeah, show. He was on Nerdist this week, right? Yeah, that's what he's promoting. That's why. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, I'll I'll watch it. So maybe we'll check that out too. Sure. It's all to come on the show show. I, also, did Netflix get rid of their thumbs up, thumbs down thing? I still have just stars. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to such no. a thing. I don't really look at the ratings on Netflix. I feel like lately they're all, all I just, the Netflix original shows are five stars. The only ratings I ever look at is RT. Yeah. It's all I ever care about. And just to uh, resolve a conversation we had last week on the podcast, boy, was I wrong about Dark Tower. Those reviews are not good. They're not good. I mean, I think I actually predicted that they weren't going to be good, but I hoped yeah, they were not. I think you did. I think you said, you know, I don't know if it's going to be great, but yeah. I hope it is. Yeah, it's it's not turning out to be so hot. Yeah. Uh, oh well, what do you do? The first Here's to it. The first episode of James Corden's Carpool Karaoke spinoff, exclusively on Apple Music, mm-hmm. is available now. Did you watch it? I watched it. It stars Will Smith. Really? Getting jiggy with it. Sure. And uh, I didn't wait, trust wait. It. I didn't trust it. You don't trust him. I didn't, I didn't trust it. Do you think you'll ever trust him? No, I would go so far as to say, don't trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith.